Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles to Mark chapter 9 and meet me at verse 14. Mark chapter 9 and verse 14. If you believe, somebody shout, I believe. When we first started the church, we used to say that. That used to be our mantra. I might start that back. If I say open to a scripture, we used to say, I believe because I want you to believe it before you even see it. Mark chapter 9, we're going to read through to verse 24. And the word of the Lord says, when he, Jesus, came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them. Then one on the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. And he answered him and said, Oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming at the mouth. Then he asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? The father said, from childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can believe. All things are possible to him who believes. Last verse, immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. In 2023, every year I typically send out around, right after Christmas, before New Year's Eve, I send out a fill-in-the-blank. And it's generally is something along the lines that says, the particular year, in this case 2023, was a blank year for me. And the blank is you fill in the blank. And I've been doing that every year, probably over the last seven, eight years, because I like to keep my ear to the ground of what's going on in people's lives. And I start out sending it to, my, to you guys. The, my partners, my members of the church, I start out sending it to you. Some of you respond, some of you don't. That's okay. It's your prerogative. Then I'll reach out and I'll send it to my greater audience, which is like my text audience. And some respond, some don't. And then I'll send it to my social media. And it seems like I get a lot of people respond from social media when I send it out there as well. And, and I take a tally of what people are saying. I've asked people to not use words like good or bad. You know, 2023 was a good year or a 
bad year. Get a little more descriptive and uh, explain yourself just a little bit more. And people, generally speaking, follow directions. And I, uh, I, I jotted some things down that I really want to share with you regarding responses that people said about 2023. Someone said 2023 is a highly enhanced relations with God. Glory to God. That's how the year was for them. Their relationship with God increased. And they're a part of our church. They said that. Glory to God. That makes me happy as the pastor. Hallelujah. Someone said increased revelation. Hallelujah. Three people, and this is a category I'm going to put this in. Three people used the word eye-opening. Eye-opening. Two people said revealing, which I will put in that category of eye-opening. Revealing. And one person said enlightening. So 2023 was an eye-opening, revealing, and enlightening year for them. One person said healing. One person said decision. Uh, two people said answered prayers. 2023 was a year of answered prayers. And this is a category I'm going to put together under answered prayers. One person says God's promises fulfilled. Somebody said this was a door-opening year for them. Next-level year. Transformative year. Someone said a financial acceleration. Someone said a harvest year. Glory to God. Two people said this was a year of stretching. Seven people. Now I'm going to get to where we start seeing a lot more people say this. Seven people, and I'm going to group these together, but seven people said growth. A year of growth. Under this category, I'm going to include correction. Someone said this was a year of correction. That's a good thing. Someone said chastising. Now, chastisement is a Bible word, which really means a year to correct and to guide and to get back on track. Someone said learning. Someone said strengthening. A year of strengthening. Eight people, the most, said this. This was a challenging year. One person said difficult year. One person said busy year. One person said a stagnant year. And then I got a lot of other answers that I didn't include because I didn't understand the response. <laughs> However, when you look at all of these responses, it lets you know that everybody has a race to run. Everybody has their own life and their own experiences. And everybody is looking at the year in a, with a different set of eyes. When you reflect and look back, uh, depending upon what you've experienced and what you believe, will project what you say about the year. Um, when you... Consider that the year was a year that was challenging or a year of growth, and most people said that. It, it caused me to reflect in my life and as a pastor, really hear people out regarding the year that they have experienced. And it reminded me of the passage of Scripture that we just previously read. I'm not going to do this passage of Scripture the justice that's necessary. It's so deep. 
we can go a lot deeper than I'm going to go in that passage. But there's one area within this passage that I want to enlighten and show you. We have a situation where a father has a child. And this child has been sick. This child has been suicidal. This child has been foaming at the mouth and jumping and throwing themselves into things and harming themselves. And this child has, has been a terror. And in any moment, it can have a seizure. In any moment, it can, it, this child can, can go crazy. And this dad has been dealing with this since his son was little. So every day, he's experienced some of these effects that his child is going through. Every day, something is happening. Every week, something is happening. Every year, it's the same thing. This is my child, and this is the condition that he has. This child has a demonic spirit on him. Back in Bible day and even outside of the U.S., spirits are a little more prevalent that we will look at a spirit. We'll look at a, a reaction and, and outside the U.S., and you would say, that's a demonic spirit. In the U.S., we don't, we don't believe in spirits. We barely even believe in God. You know, we got more atheists in the U.S. than, than really in the entire world. Outside of the U.S., people believe in eternity and a God and a, a stronger power or, or whatever the case may be. But because we are in the U.S. and because I believe we have so much comfort and because we have first world problems, I live in the U.S., so I could talk about where I live, right? Because we live in these first world conditions and problems, we'll see someone acting crazy. And we won't call it a spirit. We'll say they don't have a spirit or there, there's no demonic influence. That's just a mental issue or that's just a, a certain issue. Now, every issue is not a spirit, all right? But some issues are a spirit. Are you listening to me today? And so this man knew well enough to know that I've been dealing with this every single day. My son has a spirit that's causing him to do these things that I don't want him to do. And day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, has to be frustrating. Can you imagine the challenge this father is sensing and feeling? I can do nothing about this. I've tried. I've taken him to the doctors. I've tried home remedies. I've tried holistic doctors. I've tried giving money. <laughs> I've tried everything I know to do so that my son can not be in this condition anymore. And it doesn't seem to work. And this is happening year after year after year. I don't know about you, but what I've noticed is as we cross into 2024, I've noticed there's not much excitement in people like it used to be going into a new year. 
I've noticed as, as I'm talking to people, and I like to keep my ear to the ground, and I, I, I like to talk to unsaved people, and I like to talk to people in other states, and, and, and I like to just keep my ear to the ground of what's going on, and I'm sensing in my heart that people don't seem to be excited like they used to be in crossing over into a new year. I remember that when we got, when Christmas ended, man, we were talking about New Year's Eve and we were talking about uh, going into a new year and what we were going to accomplish and what was going to happen and the plans and the goals and the purposes. And we were thrilled and excited. But ever since, in my opinion, 2020 hit, there's been a sense of hopelessness. Uh, We went through a lot in 2020. Do you agree with this? We all were affected. If somebody gets up and tells you 2020 didn't affect them, they're lying and never listen to anything they have to say again. I don't care if it's a preacher. I don't care if it's a politician. I don't care if it was your mom and dad. If they say they were not affected, then they're lying. We all were affected by 2020. And I believe ever since that critical year, there has been a sense of hopelessness. People aren't really excited anymore. People are a lot more inward. People are a a lot more prone to look at what's going wrong than they are with what's going right. There's not a lot of anticipation anymore, not a lot of excitement anymore. And as we cross over the calendar year, and what a big deal this is that we're crossing over into a new year, there seems to not be the same level of excitement that I'm generally used to. To experiencing. And as I was thinking about this and keeping my ear to the ground, I started to think about this father and his son. Year after year, Tiffany, he's been doing the same thing year after year. So why is he excited about another year? Because he's had challenges all of the previous years. Here comes another year. It's another challenge. I, I'm, I was watching some things on social media. And I was, people saying, don't, you know, they're joking, but 2024, oh, who's, who's all over there before we come over? You know what I'm saying? All these jokes that, that people are having about going to the new year. You, all, you didn't used to see that. You used to be all excitement about it. And so I think when you have challenges year after year after year, and you feel like you're being stretched year after year after year, and you feel like you're being, uh, you're, 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 you're just being suppressed year after year after year, and you feel like it's been stagnant year after year after year, I think you come to the point that I'm not excited about a calendar year. I want to talk to someone today that just feels like they are stuck. They're stagnant, and you've lost your expectations. You've lost your excitement. You've lost your anticipation about what God can do in this coming year. And you're being challenged, and, and you're stretched, and you're growing, and you just, you're just not excited. I mean, you, you look, and we're, gonna, we're getting ready to enter into a critical election year. 
in the North, state of North Carolina, you know, we got the governor. We're going to have two new candidates up for governor. And in the presidential election, we got two of the same folks seem to be back up. And, 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 and you just, you know, you know it's going to be rocky. And, and you, you notice inflation, right? Prices seem to continuously to be decreasing. I know they're saying they're coming down, but it don't seem like it in my bank account. That their come prices are coming down and interest rates are up and and you you see that uh, it feels like crime is up. I read a stat that maybe crime is going down, but it feels like it's up, right? How many of you know what I'm talking about? And then we're crossing over into a new year that we're all supposed to be excited about, but you don't understand. The last few years, I've been challenged, and I'm not as excited as I used to be about crossing over, and I believe Jesus had this conversation with his father. The father says, I brought him to your disciples, and your disciples can't do anything. Now, Jesus is coming off the mountain in a time of prayer, hanging out in the Mount of Transfiguration where Elijah was there and, and some other Old Testament Moses, and he's coming down with Peter, James, and John, and all of a sudden he runs into a dispute, and argument, because they... That this man brought his son and the disciples couldn't do nothing about it. So Jesus is like, bring the child to me. And he goes to the father. He says, what's going on here? And the father said, year after year after year, it's been the same. No change. I was believing this year to find a mate and it's just been the same thing. I was believing this year to bust through some financial goals and it's just been the same thing. And, and I was believing this year to go ahead and get a better job, but it feels like the same thing. And I, I was believing this year that God would heal me, but it feels like the same. And I still got this pain in my body and I'm still, I, I believe, but I'm still hurt. And I, I'm still struggling. Jesus says to him, well, the man says to Jesus, first of all, if you could do anything. I mean, have you ever been so desperate that you go to God and Jesus is the word. John chapter one, Jesus is the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. You go to the word and you're like, if you can do anything. Word, my grandma talked about you, preacher talked about you. If you can do anything, this is why we're seeing a falling away. There's a great falling away happening. People are no longer trusting in the word. They're not trusting in Jesus anymore because they're at this place of if you can do anything, will you help me? If you can do anything. And so the onus and the responsibility feels like that it's on Jesus to do something for this man's situation. The responsibility feels like, God, why, are you, why have you not done anything about this? God, why aren't you doing something? Why are you letting this happen? Why are you keep letting me be in this condition? Why aren't you doing anything about this? And Jesus says to the father, I believe he shook his head like this. He says, no, no, no. It's not if you can do anything. It's if you, dad, can believe. 
If you look at the word believe, it also means to continue to believe. Not, it's not what can I do. It's what can you do. The, the currency of the kingdom is trust in God. This is the currency of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God works by trust. It works by faith. And, and Jesus reminds the man, if you can believe. So the man says, and in the Amplified Classic Translation, I love how it says it, the man says it in inarticulate speech. He says, Lord, he cries out, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Unbelief is always skeptical. And I believe that people are not as excited about entering into this new year because there's unbelief. We're skeptical. What does this new year hold? What, I, I've gone through this, and year after year you say these great things are going to happen, and I, it doesn't feel like these great things are happening. I'm not experiencing these great things. And here you go. You're going to rev me up, Pastor, and you're going to get to going, and you're going to preach, and, and we're going to have these night services, and da-da, da-da, and we all going to, and then we go, and then, and then I cross over and I feel the same thing. It's the same thing year after year after year. And Jesus says, if you can believe, it can be done, whatever you're believing for, if you can believe, or if you can continue to believe. And the man says, help my unbelief. Unbelief is present when there's worry, when there's fear, when there's cares, and when there is doubt. So if there is no excitement about crossing over tonight, entering into a new year, it's because you are filled with worry, cares, fears, and doubts. Listen to me now. This father was saying, I believe. I'm standing in front of God right now, and I believe, but I am worried because I've been experiencing this far too often. I am full of fear because I've been experiencing this. I am full of cares and anxieties because I see no difference in my son. And I am doubting because your disciples couldn't do anything about it. This year has been a tough year for a lot of people. It's been a challenging year for a lot of people. And I know... I'm talking to people online right now, and I'm talking to people here in this building. It's been, a, it's been a difficult year, challenging year. The results said that. But if you can believe, belief is a choice. You can choose not to believe. The same energy it takes to be skeptical is the same energy you can use to believe. The same energy it takes to be full of anxiety and cares is the same energy you can use to just believe God and trust him at his word. The same energy it takes to doubt and to have all these questions. And God's not afraid of your questions, by the way. But the same energy, he doesn't like questioning, but he's not afraid of your questions. Does that make sense? 
the same energy that it takes to ask questions and to come up with questions and do all the talking is the same energy that you can be still, believe, trust, and know that he is God. God wants to do some miraculous things in your life, but it's going to require you to cross over into this new year believing him. Don't quit on God. Don't quit on believing him. Don't quit on trusting him. Don't quit. This whole battle is about quitting. Quit, quit, quit. This is what the enemy wants. Quit. God is God is not to be trusted. Quit. See, it didn't work. Quit. See, you got troubles going on in your marriage. Quit, 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 quit. They didn't show up. Quit. You didn't get pregnant. Quit, quit. That man ain't showed up yet. Quit. That woman ain't showed up. Quit, quit. The money didn't come. Quit. You're still hurting in your body. Quit. That's the pressure. Quit. But at the greatest moment of stress and pressure, Jesus told Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he tells him, he says, for when you are weak, I am strong. At the greatest moment of pressure, there's a grace on you at that moment. There's a grace on you to just say, I believe God. I trust God. I believe God. Well, it don't, it don't seem like this is going to happen. I believe God. And the greatest fear that the enemy has is God's promises are not going to come to pass in your life. That's the greatest fear that he'll put on you. That's his number one tactic. God's promises are not going to come to pass in your life. That's the tactic he uses all the time with everybody, including me. I'll still be watching TV, and I'm thinking about, I want to do this, this, and this, and that. And it's been years, and we haven't been able to do all these things I want to do yet. I want to get these things I don't want to do. And the enemy say, you know God's, not going, God's promise is not going to come to pass. That's what he tells me. You know it ain't going to work. It ain't going to happen. It ain't going to come to pass. You're going to be right here at the same place, doing the same thing, with the same you know, uh, group of people, doing the same thing, year after year after year after year after year. This is what he tells me all the time. And when he's talking, he's lying. I thought I'd get a better amen to that, Kurt. But when he's talking, he's lying. If the devil's talking to you, you just start laughing and say, you're lying. You old dirty rascal, you lying. And when he starts hammering you hard, listen, the devil doesn't know everything. He's not uh, uh, omniscient, you know. Uh, he doesn't know everything, but he's been around a long time, and he knows when good things are coming down the pipeline. He knows that now. So when he gets to pressure you hard about something, he sees something good coming, and he's trying to get you to cut it off. But if you can just keep believing like Jesus says, if you can believe all things are possible to him that believes it can be done and I want you crossing over into this new year believing that all things are possible to you say that all things are possible for me say it again all things are possible for me because I believe now it's it, the unknown is scary right this this next year is scary it's unknown but God <laughs> the unknown begins where God's known begins. 
No, let me say it again. I wrote this down wrong. Let me say it again. The unknown is where God's known begins. That's how I wrote it down. The unknown is where God's known begins. And so we know God, and God knows us. And last week at our fellowship, we talked about Emmanuel. God is with us, and we're with him. And so this future is unknown, but God knows the future. He's with me, I'm with him, and it can be done. Somebody say amen. Amen. I continued to believe that some things were going to, there's some things that took place. I just feel led of the Lord before I continue finishing this message. There are some things that I believe God for coming into 2023. There were things, there were big things that seemed like they would be impossible. But I said, I'm crossing over and I'm believing God that these things will happen. And in 2023, for my family, these things happen this year. Glory to God. I say amen. Amen. I'm telling you, if you cross over into 2024 believing, you will see what you're believing God for. Somebody say, I receive that. Somebody say, that's mine. I'll take it. Now look at 2 Kings chapter 4 real quick. 2 Kings chapter 4, I'm telling you, Jesus on the inside is working on the outside. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8. It says, now it happened one day that Elijah went to Shunem, where there was a notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was, as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. And she said to her husband, look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please, talking to her husband, let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand so it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. And it happened one day that he came there and he turned in the upper room and lay down there. Then he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite woman. And when he had called her, she stood before him. And he said to him, say now to her, look, you have been concerned for us with all this care. What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She answered, I dwell among my own people. Look at verse 14. So he said, what then is there to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, actually, she has no son and her husband is old. So he said to her, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway. Then he said, about this time next year. Somebody say those five words. About this time next year. Now say it like you mean it. One more time. You shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. Now watch this. Look at verse 17. But the woman conceived and bore a son when the appointed time had come of which Elijah had told her. Now, I'm not going to do this passage justice as well. I want to touch on a few things. A few things. This is a notable, influential woman. Somebody say, I'm a notable. If you're a woman, say, I'm notable and influential. <laughs> this is a notable and influential woman. She sees a man of God coming, walking by her house. They bring him in. She convinces her husband, let's make room 
for God. Let's make room for the man of God. Let's make room for God. Let's make room for God. Come on, somebody. Let's make room for God. And so the man of God comes, stays there. All of a sudden, the man of God is obliged to ask, what can we do for you? And the woman says, I'm good. And so he turns to his servant, Gehazi, and says, what can we do for her? She said, listen, she's, she doesn't have a child. Her husband's old, meaning this is impossible for her to conceive a child. And the man of God says to her, about this time next year, glory be to God, about this time next year. I don't know about you, but I'm fascinating and visualizing and imagining where I'll be about this time next year. Just take a few moments and just imagine where you'll be about this time next year. Glory be to God, about this time next year. And so she says, don't lie to me. Don't lie to me. And the next verse says she conceived and had a son this time next year. I'm I'm amazed because God is a God that keeps his word. We, we see here that we don't even see a positive faith response from the woman. She's like, don't lie to me. I don't know. This sounds unbelievable. But God said about this time next year, where do you want to be this time next year? Who do you want to be? What type of follower of Christ? Spouse, parent, disciple, or giver do you want to be? God wants to enlarge the vision that he has for you, and he wants you to dream big. He doesn't want you to look back this time next year and wish you had said yes to the dream or said yes to the call or said yes to the God-given opportunity. Some people die before they die. They let their dreams die. Their passion die. Their goals die. Their vision die. But this time next year, God wants you to look back and see that you live fully alive because he is fully alive in you. Somebody say amen. Amen. This time next year, God wants you to look back and see his faithfulness. God wants you to depend on him more. About this time next year. About this time next year. That phrase has been moving around in my spirit. About this time next year. As a man of God, I want to declare over you that we'll receive it. About this time next year, you will receive what you believe in God for. If you agree, somebody say, I received that. Did you receive that, Sierra? You received it in Jesus' name. About this time next year. Robert, did you receive that in Jesus' name? About this time next year. What are you believing God for? What is it? that needs to occur about this time next year. Miss Jeanette, I know you're watching on the couch right now. About this time next year, you're going to see the full manifestation of your healing in Jesus' name. 
about this time next year. The Fultons here on the, on the second row right here, they were told they can't have children. But look what they're holding this year, a child right now. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. About this time. What is, this is an example. What is it that you are believing God for this time next year? It's going to manifest in Jesus' name. You are going to be a better husband, a better wife, a better single person, a better, a better parent, a better disciple, and a generous giver about this time next year. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, the Lord spoke to me, and I'll wrap it up here. The Lord spoke to me, and I was praying over 2024, and every year I asked the Lord to give me a word for the new year. It's a word that I want to declare over you. It's a word that I want to declare over my family. Uh, this past year, the word was about favor, being a visible display of the infinite riches of his favor and kindness. And I, be, I declared that every day. I did. I declared that this is my, I missed a few days. I'm not perfect. I missed a few days. But for the most part, I declared this is my year of favor. And I've seen more favor this year. This 2023, Stacey and I went out to dinner last night just talking about the favor of God. And we've seen more favor occur this year than I ever have. And the best is yet to come. Hallelujah. And not just for me and Stacy, for you as well. And so I, I was praying, said, Lord, give, give me a word. And it's, and I felt like it was really hard to get a word from God this time. I mean, it, it, normally for me, hearing from God about something comes very, very easy, very simple, very smooth. But I'm like, Lord, I need a word from you for 2024. And, and I listen to a lot of my friends and a lot of generals in the faith. They've got some good words for 2024. And I said, Lord, I, I, I need a word. What is it? What is it? And the Lord said, I already spoke it to you. And I was like, well, I must have missed it. I must have missed it, Lord. Can you... Can you tell me again what is it? He said, I already spoke it to you. And I said, he said, matter of fact, I already spoke it through you. I said, oh, you spoke it through me. He said, I spoke it to you and I spoke it through you already. So I said, okay, my goodness, I got to go back and listen to what the Lord said through me. And I was walking down right around here and out of my spirit, the Lord spoke to me. And I said it out loud, it's on the recording. He said, pray more in 2024. This is our word for the year. Pray more in 2024. When we pray more, we will fellowship with him more. And when we fellowship with him more, we will know him more. And as we know him more, we'll hear more of his voice. We'll be led more clearly. We'll see with more clarity. We'll understand his ways and, his, and him even more than ever before. So I want you to commit. And we're going to be talking about this in January and February. We're going to be talking about praying more in 2024. Jeannie's going to teach some of these as well as we pray more in 2024. We're going to communicate more with God in 2024. There could be some things that happened this year that we didn't plan on happening. You know that? There could be some things that pop up that we didn't consider. But if we pray more, we'll be ready more. We'll, we'll be able to, uh, we won't get uh, jerked and slapped in the face and knocked down and beat up. We'll say, you know what? If God is for me, 
Who can be against me? Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. We will pray more in 2024. And I want to encourage you. We're going to be talking about it. I got blogs already coming out about it. I want to encourage you to commit to pray more in 24. And then we're going to teach you what it means to pray. We're going to teach you the different variety of prayers and the different rules. Oh, is there rules to prayer? Well, there are certain prayers that require certain things, certain postures that that are required in, in certain ways of praying, different types of prayers. Yes, talking to God, there are no rules in talking to God, but we also need to be listening to God a lot more. Prayer is not a monologue. Prayer shouldn't, uh, it's a dialogue, but the one that knows more should be talking more. And the one that knows less should be listening more. And so we're going to talk about pray more in 2024. I want you guys to, I don't don't need a mega church, but I need a praying church. Are you listening to me? I don't need this place packed out. This place will be packed out. But that's not the greatest need. The greatest need is you and I are people of prayer, in communion with God, hearing from God, being instructed by him. And in this year, we're going to pray more. We're going to believe God for something exciting to occur as we cross over. And we're going to be in communion with him as we consider praying more in 24. This is how we experience true life. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead. Thank you.